Welcome back to Cinema de More. I am Justin Morgan. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with Chuck and Lexi. Well, I'm doing my best to try and continue Chuck's real-time theme. I think this movie counts. There's memories intercut into this, and there's a part where she watches a real-time short in real time. That's how she watches it. So does it count, Chuck? Does this fit your roles? Yeah, I think it counts. Okay. I hope this doesn't fuck up everything. (laughs) (laughs) You can just hear Chuck breaking things in his room and being like, Motherfucker! I set very strict roles. I picked Agnes Varda's Cleo from 5 to 7 because it's all I could really think of besides High Noon, which was probably the first thing that came to my, my mind. So this was directed by a woman? Yes. Okay. She's like one of the few French New Wave filmmakers. Even uh, Godard's in this, Anna Karina, and I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that from Alphaville, he's in it. They're only in that segment. I didn't get to read that whole thing at the beginning, so I don't know if she still directed that or if they did it. She just included it in her movie, like a short film by them. I don't know. Unfortunately, I did trigger Lexi a little bit because this movie starts with uh, a tarot card reading in color. <laughs> That's not why you trigger. <laughs> you did trigger me, you're fine. I trigger you all the time. It's just, it's like a nuclear reaction. There's just actually multiple tiny little triggers (laughs) that lead to the explosion. I watched this in film school years ago. I think the first time I watched it. Of course you watched this in film school. Where else would you watch this fucking movie? Well, I think that's a beautiful thing about Criterion and TCM working along with Max. I don't know where you watch this from. I'm sure it's probably Criterion Channel. Yep. That's what I was thinking. I'll get like a DVD release of eight films by a certain director that I never really get to watch because, you know, all their films were in the 60s and 70s or something like that. You watch it and there's usually stuff that you're like, oh shit, I can see where this has come from now. Like other people's films that I admire have watched these movies very clearly. And I haven't watched a lot of her movies and I think I own what now, Chuck? What's in that collection? Like 38? There's, yeah, there's so much. <laughs> there's a ton there's of like, them. There's like shorts, documentaries. Yeah, she did a lot of different stuff yeah she was in the movie too for a second thanks to the box art and seeing her in the last couple years i recognized her in the movie (laughs) another thing with this french new wave period is there's a lot of guerrilla filmmaking i guarantee you most of the people you're seeing in this movie are not actors in any way whatsoever I don't know when you get to more intense scenes, like where they're at a diner and there's the mirrors and shit like that. I don't know if the, because they're doing pretty good for, you know, not random people just staring at the camera. But you know, when they're doing all the shots on the street, these are just like real fucking people. Hey, that's a real car that almost ran her over. Yeah, they did say, (laughs) uh, I like, I watched a little bit of uh, the documentary that they made where like the, a bunch of the cast members like came back together and she's talking about the movie and. Yeah, she she pretty much says that anyone that doesn't have, like, a line of dialogue on camera, basically everybody else is just a random person. Yeah, like, in the in the cafe scenes and any of those moments, just, like, walking down the street, that, yeah, all those people are, are just random people, and other stuff's, like, weird just happened. Like, uh, there's, like, horses that were marching down the street from, like, the military when she's shopping at the beginning in that hat store. And all the and she said that was just that wasn't planned. They just have someone looked out the window and was like, "Oh, there's horses marching down the street." And she was like, "Oh, film it right now!" Like had to hurry up and like turn everything around just to get those in the in the background because she thought it just looked cool to have the horses marching by the store in the middle of the day. Different time too, because I feel like if I was trying to do that, you'd get a lot of people like waving in the background. That like you wouldn't be lucky enough to just have people have no idea what's going. Unless you're just quick, because didn't um, recently Uncut Gems kind of did a similar thing with some of the New York scenes. So I think yeah, they're I think just a lot of their stuff was just like they were just randomly out on the streets. They're like, like we got to fuck it, we got to do it really quick. Or what was that Terrence Malick movie where they went to the party and you're like, I bet half the people at this party don't know that they're in a Terrence Malick movie. Oh yeah, was that was that Night of Cups? It might have been like Night of Cups. Was, I feel like that's the one that, that that seems out of. I can't remember who's all in that movie, but it, they it's have like a party Netflix scene with, like, it. Hollywood people, so it's, like, directors yeah. and actors and stuff. Thomas like, Lennon from, like, Reno 911's, like, I'm in a Terrence Malick movie, <laughs> like, because <laughs> he was just in that one random scene. He's, like, telling a story in the background. Yeah, I'd say for the most part, all the, like, the cinematography for being in the streets is pretty well done without seeing, like, a lot of reflections, except for the ones, there's a moment where they're driving the car and she's like looking at reflective windows and you can totally see a person like in front of her with the camera and not even a small camera it's like the most massive camera of all time 
it makes me think of the old news reporting when it, you'd have the cameraman that follows the anchor around and it's like this massive <laughs> probably 500 pound uh, camera on their shoulder yeah Sorry, this movie was <laughs> 10 minutes longer than Chuck's, but I think the thing with real time is you're probably not going to run into a lot of real time movies that are very long. I think mine is way longer than it needs to be. Possibly. Like, we do talk about runtime, and I do look at the beginning of before I watch something to see how long something is. But sometimes the length isn't an issue if the pacing and everything else is good. Like a lot of these films that are really long, we've watched and they're fine. It just, it just flies by, but yeah, there's other ones that you're just like, oh my god. I mean, what's the longest yeah. that we've done, Chuck? Probably yeah, the OJ uh, Made in like, America. Like five or six part miniseries. And each of those episodes is at least an hour, hour and a half. So yeah, that's definitely the longest thing we've covered for sure. That thing was so good, though. Like, so yeah. good. It was a spite pick, but, you know, it was still Excellent. a good movie. It was a miniseries. Or series. The one they did after that, it. too, about uh, the guy who killed Versace was excellent as well. Mm. We're not talking about the uh, dramatized one. We're talking oh, about the, the actual I'm sorry. Never mind then. But yeah. the um, the American crime the, the American I thought that's what you meant. Thing, the one with uh, Travolta I I, was so good. I think excellent. I watched... Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, you're boring. I was like, I thought it was great. <laughs> No, no, I don't know. So I watched that first. Besides being familiar with the story, like my entire life of growing up in the 90s. And then uh, the documentary came out that was about OJ. And it's just as long. I also watched that. I know what you're talking about. I know. I watched that one too. It was dry. It's still very good. Yeah, the information is excellent, but like it's dry. Oh, no, it wasn't dry. But watching them back to back, like, it definitely filled in some holes for some yeah. things. Because Ryan Murphy, let's face it, he he doesn't really adapt to the most realistic things. Like, I think there was a scene in that where it's uh, Robert Kardashian with his kids, you know, like Kim and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, addicted with being on camera and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> that, just, that seems a little bit like you're setting up something that really wouldn't be happening in the 90s. It's like the statement of that's the start of it that like it starts with that. It's like, that's like yeah, it's at, the OJ um, <laughs> show is actually a prequel to the Kardashians, right? Right. Supposedly two hours, but not really because it's this character from five to seven. But um, they fuck off at six thirty, so it's only the, it's only an hour and a half. The, the reason it's uh, five to seven, she said that's like that's some that's just like French slang for like sex in the afternoon or something it's like like you want to have a five to seven or something but then it's like that she she did say she's like she's like oh i guess i cheated the viewers it's only five to six thirty she's like but it sounds better i guess it's just a thing that only french audiences would be like oh i get that so i don't know if this was on purpose too because of it was out in the environment but the taxi that she drives at the end it was like taxi five seven seven five so it was like i wonder if the numbers five and seven have yeah. some more importance just for that reason alone that we know that this goes beyond <laughs> <laughs> she's like i lied i lied to people <laughs> they're like did this cut out i didn't get the last uh, half hour of the movie it is in color in the beginning which my assumption was yeah. it was more expensive do you, do, you to just, do you want me to just give you all the all the secrets i do find it interesting yeah, that she said she does. She says, "Yeah, uh, let's go." If you have the details, you give them. To feel like the tarot world is more of like the fantasy. Like it's, it's just what they're thinking of, and so it's it's not meant to. It's meant to more just represent like the spiritual world. So that's why she filmed that in color. She, say, she did say that's what like everyone thinks is just because like black and white was cheaper to do the whole thing in. But I think she said she always was gonna do the whole thing in black and white. I think it's it's like the tarot cards look better in color. Because they they are like they have bright primary colors on the cards themselves, so they just look naturally better to film them like that. And that everything after that, when she like leaves the leaves the place, is all supposed to be in black and white, just because that's the real world and it's not as entertaining. Hell, even when they're t- showing their face during the reading, it's black and white. I didn't think it was just for a matter of what's the cheapest, except it probably did come across them to be like, it's not going to be a lot of film to use for this scene. So, because they could probably do it re- pretty easily and then just keep, you know, continuously shooting the black and white dialogue and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, Chuck, I guess I have another question. So, they break it up into chapters. 
which at first you're like, I don't understand why it matters that every couple minutes is a different chapter. But there's the same amount of chapters are there as there are tarot cards. So I'm assuming the chapters each go back to a certain tarot card. I don't know if they go in the same order. I couldn't keep up with the whole damn story that I got in like one second. So yeah. I was just sure like, I'm like, yeah, never, I'm sure this yeah, ties in somehow to like, something that was said that in the beginning in the, of the movie. In the documentary, but I'm sure it, it's, I would think it's got to somehow relate back to that. And I think the only other point is just, they said like the other than like they don't want to just keep showing clocks constantly because other than that how do you how do you show a movie's happening in, in truly yeah. real time unless it's unless you just conveniently there's always clocks everywhere in the background that you can look at which they do it is there from time to time you do notice uh clocks on like a, a street corner or something like that but so that was just like another way of kind of making it easier for people to track like oh okay this is like five ten to five eighteen or something like that I would think the street corner clock would be the hardest thing to do because I feel like that'd be the one yeah, time yeah. that it shows when you're that, yeah, really filming because you probably have no control over like, the street clock. I think they had to like film those parts like at the exact times. Like if they were going to film that scene, they had to go to that specific spot if it was going to be in the background. Uh, I know it's like in the, on the radio in the car when they're driving around, they have like a radio person mentioning what time it is, but that was like stuff they could control. Yeah. Real, yeah, real time's like right. real time's I, like, I'm sure there was no radio on at all when they were doing That's where I think that. at least like Robert Wise kind of did it the easier way by making his film take place at night because then there's no there's no like changes in in lighting that you would really have to work with, but when you make your film like middle afternoon or something like that, you have to always be filming it in the same type of lighting if you're going to film outside. If you try to it's like, "Oh, we'll film this scene at like six o'clock in the morning it's not going to match up with the other scenes of what time it's supposed to actually take place when you're doing all these outdoor things uh black and white will hide it a little bit too uh, yeah i noticed too during this movie like there's certain jump cuts and sometimes i think it's just something happened with the film got lost and other times it's clear as day that they were just cutting two scenes together like there's one yeah. scene where the guy's in the car one of the like the taxi drivers and it has like that jump cut but you see the background like perfectly matches up so i'm like yeah. no that's like that's like an issue with the film that's not a real cut but then you see the when they get on the bus and they're like running to get on the bus and it cuts and then they're in the bus and it drives away i'm like probably because the yeah, bus like sat a, there for like yeah. fucking 10 minutes and they're just like <laughs> they're like we're gonna have to cut out all this shit I don't, yeah, I noticed the same thing. It's like a, it's like a weird cut, but it doesn't. It's not a cut to a new scene. It's a cut in the exact same, like camera position and in the same scene. And I, I just kind of assumed the same thing was, just something like, yeah, maybe some part of the, the film wasn't good or they had to reshoot something, but they just wanted to use the first part that they had already shot. So they were like, oh, I'll just keep everything in exactly the same spot and we'll just cut it right there. Yeah, the only other time I can think of where there's like probably an unrealistic time cut but it wouldn't be that much time is uh when she's in her at her house and there's i think it's her house but whether she's doing her song with her the musician guys and she changes into like that it black dress in like a second <laughs> yeah it's like a it is like yeah. a cartoon like she just walks away and then pulls yeah. the curtain down and it's like a magic show like she's completely yeah. in a new dress maybe it's of the time and i'm just a little disrespectful to uh women's fashion but that is one of the worst looking hats i've ever seen and it didn't look like a, yeah it didn't like fit her head or anything the, f the fur hat the fur hat was awful but i did really like the one that she put on that was like i don't know what the fuck was all yeah spiders coming out of it or some shit and then she goes i'm beautiful everything looks good on me i like trying shit on i'm a conceited asshole She's, like, crying to herself as she's saying that. She's like, I'm beautiful. I got things going on for me. But the hat did. It made me think of I Think You Should Leave Now yeah. with uh, only Tim Robbins. Like <laughs> Chuck, did this movie oh, get your seal of approval? Just in general, I thought you were like... The whole movie. Couldn't tell if you Do you approve of it? You're, like, asking for something in particular. I, I am going to. Yeah. Because I have yeah, a follow-up yeah, like question. Yeah. So it has your approval. Did it win you over with all the kittens oh yeah i was sold as soon as, as soon as all the cats were there when i saw the kittens and there's more kittens and more kittens i'm like even if this is the worst film ever made i feel like it's one chuck over yeah oh well, yeah if, yeah if that, 
I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to have that house. It just has a swing sitting in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> there's kittens on the floor running around. Uh, I think her bed's, like, hanging from the ceiling. It's, like, that's suspended. <laughs> she, has, she has a piano there. It's, like, it's the weirdest the weirdest apartment she could have of just just random stuff in there. Nothing seems to be in there for any particular reason. Well, when she gets on her bed, there's, like, a kitten there. And I'm like, well, that was a bad cut because that kitten, kitten wasn't there on the bed. And then there were, like, three kittens. More, yeah. I'm like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot more kittens than I thought there was. Also, I'm sure they were loving how active that they were because I immediately think of you another think French movie, Day for Night. night. Yeah. <laughs> they keep throwing yeah, that cat. The cat They're trying to get the cat to react on camera. Yeah. It just won't cooperate. Yeah, I thought, yeah, the, I I had the exact same thought. Was like, was like, oh look, look those cats doing stuff. Like they they're filming very well with them. I don't think Lexi approved of this movie, from what I've heard from before. Lexi, did you approve? No. The cats couldn't win it over <laughs> for you. You're a cat person too. No. I. You have cat I, ears I, right now. I do have cat yeah. ears right now. Well, so I have a question for you. For me? Yeah. Go ahead. So I thought I was the only person on this show who's trying to get a vagina, and here you are already with one. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to make you but jealous of me. This movie was, like, something that, like... A French woman watches while she's sitting in the bathtub smoking a cigarette and like Fuck, that's exactly how I watched this movie. <laughs> I even had the cigarette extender, like the fancy yeah. cigarette extender. Like I was like I was just like I like French cinema, I'm a big fan of French cinema, and this is like all the worst and most boring parts of the French cinema condensed down into like hundred and thirty like like an hour and thirty minutes of like oh, film. God, like, no. Oh my she... god. She's not the worst. I, I knew when I picked the female director, you weren't going to like it. No, I didn't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah you, know how I, you know how I hate my, my women. No, I, I was just like... I do I pick like, the most the feminist f- movies, though, so you got me there. Like, this... I've lost a lot of, like, a lot of movies lose me, like, sometimes. This one completely lost me. Like, at the last 30 minutes, I was... I couldn't even give a fuck. I couldn't even give a fuck. Like, they were just, like sitting on a bench and talking and like walking around talking I'm like I don't fucking care I don't care at all like this was like painful to sit through oh, this movie was so boring no. this movie this <laughs> movie was so boring this movie made me question my choices in life which is a good thing <laughs> even if it's a bad thing like if it's if, if you're feeling hatred or love towards anything and you're not just like oh it was okay then I don't know I feel like it's if it had some sort of profound reaction on you, then I that's like I'd rather have somebody hate something than you know, be okay with it. What kind of French cinema do you like? Do you like like the more um, like the crime caper stuff, like the things that you know, like the heist films and <laughs> animation, mostly French animation. I'm really into French animation. I love uh, Luc Besson. Like Luc Besson yeah. is one of my favorite directors. Um, I like their action films. French action films are like the best. Like the French really do action films well. Like hands down. Um, I really like French science fiction. Funny enough, they do really good science fiction. Um, comedy. They do good comedy. Um, I don't know. I I like French cinema. Like I'm really into French cinema, and I like a lot of this kind of stuff. Like I like the Red Balloon, and I like that kind of stuff. Like I like the more pretentious side of French cinema. But this one was just. I just couldn't do it. Have you ever seen Godard's The Weeknd? Because it's a fucking insane movie. And almost anyone I know that watches it hates it. Mm. And I'm like, I think it's a a great movie. It's just like a big middle finger to movie making. And I I appreciate that. I've never seen it, no. The whole thing was like, what if we say fuck you to everybody? (laughs) (laughs) That's like, (laughs) that's how they conceived the whole movie. It's just complete chaos from beginning to end. Um, probably one of the best um, traffic scenes, uh, you know, people stuck in traffic. I'd watch it. Like, I don't have a problem with it. And I mean, like, I wasn't upset about watching this going into it, but I will say, like, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, God, like, I can already kind of tell. And uh, it's just like, and, and then I was like, I don't know. The only part that seems like out there is the the film that you see in the middle, 
beyond that, it's sometimes, like pretty realist, realistic. Sometimes you pick. Sometimes you pick stuff, and I'm just like, like man, you pick some of those pretentious shit. Like <laughs> it's just like all the time. It's like, oh, we're gonna watch this most pretentious movie. I'm like, yeah, but we all love you, certain pretentious can't you movies. Be fun. Can't you ever be fun? I don't know. Anytime I watch like something <laughs> from our from our boy Darren Aronofsky, everyone's like, "That was so pretentious," and I'm like, "It, it I can see why you think and that." He's my favorite but director. I, but I, I love, love him. So I, I'm not going to complain about that. But I don't think I don't think I don't get why people say Aronofsky's pretentious. I'm like, Aronofsky's fucked up. I'm like, he's one of my favorite directors. Like, I like him because he's fucked up and dark and heavy and like. I think he's like. A, I guess like he he's mastered think, like the melodrama in a way that. I, I, I really can enjoy if that makes any I, sense. I, see, I think people don't understand what pretentious means. Like, I think that people misunderstand, like, dark, brooding, and heavy as pretentious. And I'm like, that's not what pretentious is. And, like, you need to, like, understand if there's, like, like, there's a level of, like, art where art goes into pretension. And I'm like, French cinema really rides the line of pretension a lot of times. And, like, so does Italian cinema, and so does, like, a lot of like like American cinema is not very good at being pretentious, but when we do, we do it really well. I'm like, but like a lot of countries like the French really do pretension well. Like it's it's in their blood, so it's like you know. I, I, I would like, I'd feel like the the random people were more pretentious <laughs> than the filmmakers or the crew or anyone else in this. Right, and I I think like it's just like this one in particular i'm like like i said like it was a lot of like the heavier side of the pretension more so than like the other elements that i usually like and i just couldn't do it i just wasn't here for it and i haven't enjoyed this month so far and i know that going into my own pick that i'm also not very excited about my, my own pick i'm excited to talk about my own pick because like I'm finally getting to get to talk about it in like a way that I want to because I've always wanted to have a conversation about my film and it's one of those films that like nobody saw and nobody like was there when it came out and nobody nobody was there for it (laughs) no like I said like I was one of the only people who bought tickets for it in the whole theater they said you were the first people to buy tickets to this movie and it was like I went and saw it like three weeks after it came out right before it was going to get out of theaters so like I was at the tail end and I was the only people to buy tickets to it so like it's one of those movies that like nobody watched it nobody saw it and i bought the dvd and then like you know nobody seems to whatever with it and it's i know but i know i remember watching it in the theater and going like this is not a good movie but i'm getting a lot of great ideas from it like on my own like as a filmmaker and i was like there's a lot of great concepts i can pull from this but i just know that like as a film itself it's going to be hard to sit through because like thanks the concept's so interesting well, thanks like the but like no, like the I think that the concept's so interesting that it's worth watching. But like that the act like when you see because I mean it has no script, right? So it's like they're all just like winging it, and so that's hard know. to like. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, like me and Chuck, like, we like Malik. We went to go. <laughs> we went to go see Tree of Life. That was pretty. Um, that was pretty insane. Yeah. That that's a movie that's probably right. a movie. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I mean, you guys really really like this, and I, like if you do, like I'm really happy if you do, and. I'm looking forward to the conversation. That's what I'm looking forward to is uh, the conversation. So you get that. I, I hope like even I, I think that's like the nicest thing about doing a podcast and talking to you guys is that if we see the most terrible movie of all time, we still have a discussion. Like there's, it's not a waste because now you get to vent about it. Right. And that's really what it is. But like, you know, and I think it's a perfect film for Chuck's theme. Like everything about it works excellently, but I just, and, and Chuck's theme is a great theme. And I was like, oh, what a wonderful theme. And then it's just like, oh. <laughs> well, the, the I don't just... really know how many, like, real-time movies that I would have picked from that you would have loved. Like, do do you have you seen or do you like High Noon? Un- Unfriended. I wouldn't, pick, <laughs> I wouldn't pick Unfriended. Like, actually, my first pick, had we not covered it, would probably be... Um, yeah, before yeah, sunset. Yeah. There's that, only one. The um, before sunset's the, the only one that's one real time. time yeah. The other two skip. Yeah. Which one is the high? I don't know. High noon. Uh, is it a western? It, it's a hundred percent a western. Um, 
from so it's the one about like a shootout it's about like a shootout isn't it like but yeah waiting. they are waiting for a they're waiting it's not, for the big shootout it's like yeah. waiting for a shootout isn't it that's yeah. what it's about yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you that, gotta I, really love the american planned um like we're gonna face this like men <laughs> by meeting at noon yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> and, a shoot. and he's trying to shoot each other is, is that stupid. technically called a shootout like what is the what's the planned uh western shootout called pistols at dawn <laughs> like, it's the original it's, it's the original term like like uh that's a duel, a duel. That's what it is. duel. i challenge duel. you to adult like yeah i guess that's the last like real duel. showdown yeah we don't have those anymore now it's like sneaky little bitch attacks like <laughs> if somebody has a problem with you you're you're probably you're probably gonna be a victim of like a drive-by shooting or something. You're not gonna... Snitches snitches get stitches. Yeah, it's it like I don't know. The gang warfare is is, is changed. They're not chivalrous anymore with with their murder. I also like that time. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it was place by place, but I like how they took it legally. Like they're like, yeah, they can decide this thing in the dole if they want to. I, I kind of wish that that law still exists somewhere where, like, me and Chuck, we had the spew. <laughs> we could have a fucking dole. Which I'm sure it would go, like, um, my favorite, one of my favorite doles, Barry Lyndon, where the guy accidentally shoots, <laughs> shoots his fucking gun by mistake. And he's like, yeah. oh, shit. He's like, does that count? And they're like, it counts. He's like, starts to, like, cry. <laughs> Or like when the people's guns backfire and shoot themselves. Oh. That happens. Like with those old muskets and shit. That's like, oh yeah, that that's a scary, scary, inaccurate time of bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll aim perfectly at Chuck from uh, five feet away, and it, it won't hit him. Yeah. That was the time. That was the day. Um, I think maybe Lexi could help me out with this. Because this movie, one of the stronger themes in it was, like, the theme of, like, superstitions. Um, the main character in this, Cleopatra, which I keep forgetting about. I keep forgetting that's her name. Uh, she is. She knows there's some issue with her stomach, and she thinks that it's serious. So she got a test, which takes two days to get the results. But that is way too much time, so she goes to... A psychic to get her feedback on it who is seemingly a very good psychic because when she leaves I don't know if that's her husband or whoever's in, in that other room but he's like she's got cancer she's doomed and I was like well she was accurate about that um, I don't know about the doomed aspect but she knew her shit but then everything after that was like um, I wrote some of them down because some of them were like really weird like her friends like you never wear new clothes on a Tuesday and I'm like I never heard that one before but now I know the movie also takes place on Tuesday Chuck's took place on Wednesday so I'm, I'm so excited to see when what, what day, day of the week the <laughs> Lexi's takes place on um, the taxi they didn't take the one taxi because it had an unlucky number uh, the guy gets harassed because he wears his hat inside of the house uh, she breaks a mirror and then there's some sort yeah. of superstition about sending a birthday card too early so I was like yeah they really uh, they seem kind of obscure maybe they weren't you know when they filmed this movie but I think the only ones I'm, I'm kind of aware of from growing up is well I didn't think of it as unlucky I thought of it as rude but men weren't supposed to wear hats inside or when they're eating yeah. And yeah, it's supposed to. The mirror one, I was always familiar with the mirror one, but I don't know the clothes on Tuesday one. Nope, it was. You're not supposed to put hats on your bed either. I've heard that one. That's uh, like I an, mean, that's like an old one, but I feel like I've I've heard that in like old movies from like the 40s or something like that. Somebody bringing that up. I don't put hats on my bed. I yell at people when they do it. I tweak out. So you're superstitious. I try not to put my wigs on my bed either. Cause like I still look at it like as <laughs> a hat. They're like hats. I'm, I'm, I'm they are my hats. Hat. I guess. Well, it's on my bed right now. So, <laughs> so Chuck pulled a random hat out of his ass and threw it on his bed. <laughs> right. But like, also like <laughs> I've the, got the hats thought on, behind I've got hats on my bed. 
Well, the thought behind that is that you're not technically not supposed to put like your hair on the bed. That's why I because I asked like I asked my mom because my mom was like she's the one that put that superstition into me the hat on the bed thing because she would beat it into me and uh then I just started doing it and then I was like um what is that like because I was like can I put a wig on the bed and it was like no because technically it's the hair inside the hat that's like the problem so that's why you're not supposed to to put the hat on the bed and then I was like so the whole wig is hair so I was like you shouldn't put that on the bed but I'm like you sleep in the bed and you have hair so I was like I don't I don't get any of this shit. It's so stupid. So I just start putting my wig on the bed. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if I really have any like crazy superstitions that like I abide you by. You do the salt like uh, Lloyd. I do the salt. I do the salt hard. <laughs> I don't want to run into sea bass. bass. Yeah. So, so I don't know. <laughs> um, no. And then there's then there's the crows. Like I don't fuck with crows at all. Oh, there's so many crows around crows my house. It's I'm I'm just like an omen. My my, my house is just an omen. Uh, cats walking under ladders. Black cats pack. You know, walking past my path through my path. But then if you're British, it's a white cat. Oh. So then so then I think about it and I'm just like so if it's those black and white cats, those spotty black and white cats, I'm like you're just fucked. <laughs> it's a white cat and a black cat. Like, shit, right, it's like, two cats together. Like it's like both British and American lore all mixed together. I, like, oh, I guess the only thing that like that I one. feel like there's some truth to for some reason is when it's a full moon. I do think people are crazier. They are crazier. And we know the gravitational pull of the moon affects the Earth because of the tides and everything. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it does. It's like it, it it pulls the crazy out of people. It really does. It's like when you have a day where you're just running into the most insane shit, and then at night you see that full moon, you're like, well, <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> That's about as uh, superstitious as I get. I mean, I wish there were, like, when I think of full moons, I wish there were, like, werewolves and stuff. But, yeah. you know, life. Probably we could have that, yeah, probably we could have that cool, cool stuff like that. You pick up a penny, but if you pick it up and its head is down it's bad luck you shouldn't you're only supposed to pick it up oh you know what i I do do that i wouldn't pick a penny up if it was face down i don't know why and you think your life's changed in any meaningful way uh i'd have to see like the butterfly (laughs) effect version of my life to know right it would actually be funny if like you know if you would have not been superstitious and picked up that penny your whole life would be completely completely different that's where it's like i don't know that's uh, i'm not a superstitious person at all and i like anybody that is i don't know i don't get it there's just no it's the same as people that have people that are into astrology people that have lucky numbers it's like oh number 10's my lucky number and it's like oh really has it like helped you win anything or do anything in your life and it's like it's my lucky number but there's no no proof whatsoever that it's done anything for them. Well, it's like they won't put 13th floors on most of buildings. Yeah. So it's like 12 People and 14. Floor, 14. I mean, that then, makes like, sense. If you're building a tall building, like, let's not but, mark 113. But in Vegas, there's uh, – I can't remember which number it is, but there's a number in China that's bad luck. So then the elevators in Vegas specifically don't have 13 and another number that's a Chinese bad luck number because we have so many Chinese tourists. I think wasn't there like an old uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark" where there was like there was a whole plot about the thirteenth floor, so, yeah. <laughs> why they yeah, didn't have yeah, it, yeah. but the kid found yeah. the way to get to the thirteenth floor. I don't know. Uh, I have to. Uh, I know Lexi's mom was like a psychic, and I had only went to the psychic once in my entire life. Did I go with Chris or something? I think I went with my buddy I think you Chris. With your sister. Oh no! Jamie, like Jamie didn't me. go with yeah. me. Jamie goes to all yeah. of them, and my mom would go to them all the I don't time think you went too. With Chris, though, because I feel like I'd have heard more about. I would have heard more about that from Chris. I don't think you went with Chris. It was either him or like Shane or I, feel I like can't it might remember have been who like Shane was or something. I I don't think. Cause I I just I feel like I would have heard that from Chris. Like Chris would still be for years later, be like that that psychic. She told me. Well, when we when we went, the there were like two people there. One was like a clerk type person, and then there was the psychic person in the back. And when the other person, my friend who I obviously can't remember for my life, went into the back to do their psychic pers- thing, um, 
the, the clerk woman had like a numerology book or something like that and based off of like my birthday or something she read what the book said and it was like a pretty accurate description of me i felt but then when i went back to do the the reading oh my god this is like i mean she took big swings but she was wrong like a hundred percent of the time she was telling me that <laughs> you know like eventually i'll find uh, a romantic relationship and i've been like married to steph for like three i don't know or i've been with her for how long was, and, like everything was just like yeah that like they just would be like there's somebody that ha has an alcohol problem but i'm like okay <laughs> like I, I like i can't uh nothing was really clicking and then afterwards when i was talking to my sister she's like men men don't usually believe and i'm like i, I went in with a very open mind like i don't care if it's uh, 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 it's a skill i don't believe that it's a real thing but i thought that she just went big and failed you know like i normally i'll see shit that's like you know that you fill in the blanks uh is there somebody with an m in your life and they'll just start naming like you know the most simple names like michael michelle you're like what's well, yeah. cold reading when you're doing that i think this was this movie but i've been watching a lot of stuff but didn't she ask her to like read the lines on her hand and yeah, she's like she i just is, do tarot yeah, cards i, I can't yeah, do, I do line, line reading that's because she read her hand and saw straight in it and then it's like i don't want to tell her so she's just like i don't read that we have a friend that i really like but <laughs> it's not a nice thing to say so i'm not gonna name <laughs> them but they were in the tarot cards and they were like i could do a tarot card reading for you but only if i know you really really well <laughs> i was like well uh that seems to kind that's, of go, yeah. go against That's some it. shyster <laughs> shit right there. If, yeah, if only I have, like, all of your information so that I can, you know, pull something out out of nowhere. Like, it's like, oh, that's not how that works, but okay. No, not at all. I have a deck of tarot cards somewhere. I had somebody that was doing, learning it whenever I was working on one of my movies one dollars i think is which one it was and they would do like the daily reading they were like trying to learn how to to do it and it seems like there's like multiple different ways like how in this movie they pick nine cards and the nine cards are like past present future they say and then they do the readings based on that way maybe you can help me lexi but when they're like okay let's try one more thing and they do the cards that are like the four cards but i didn't really understand if that was like w what time specific time that was supposed to encompass like was that encompassing everything what in this movie when they do the tarot cards they do nine cards and in the it, oh she goes the way they did the rating in the movie i had no idea what the fuck they were doing i've never seen it done that way well, I've, I've never seen the nine cards, but then when she was like, hold on, let me try one more, and she does the four cards, like, they explained the, the nine cards really well, but the four cards, I was like, I don't quite understand. I don't know what the fuck they did. Where that fits either. in. I, don't know. I didn't either. <laughs> I don't know if there's necessarily rules, because, like, well, I, there are rules, but the person that I knew that was doing the tarot card, trying to learn the tarot card, there were, like, so many different approaches you could have to the cards like you could do three cards you could do five cards you could do like a shit ton of cards like like that and we're going to interpret it or pick another card i don't believe in the spiritual side of it but i really am impressed with like the the carny can, can, can <sighs> actually like read people and, and kind of like take advantage of people like that's always kind of impressed me what my mom would tell you this stuff is very real and you're rude that's why all those psychics always solve all those crimes all the time and the idea like when they're like well, you know what i mean i can kind of get that your your daughter or somebody's been missing for three years you're like fuck it let's really yeah. use the psychic i feel the energies they must be over here up in this corner one of my favorite like sub themes in a movie too is when there's something supernatural happening so they get a psychic who's a sham psychic and they're always being like introduced to supernatural shit for the first time in their lives and they're like i can't i can't handle this i'm not real i don't know make a better psychic movie or you gotta have cool things like frighteners like at least frighteners was like uh, he was a fake psychic but he could talk to ghosts yeah. so 
The, the psychic in Poltergeist is fucking awesome. She's great. Oh, Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, she's fucking great. I love her. She's like one of my favorite characters. It's alright, honey. You come to that. Yeah, that's why they can't remake that movie. It's not just, and that's another. That's funny that you brought that up because that's an extremely superstitious movie because of like what three or four people that have died yeah. after the, making the Curse of the Poltergeist. Yeah, little girl made all all three of those movies and then dead. Yep, she like died from a... the girl from the the pool or whatever. She died. Like all of them died, right? Like there's like four people, uh, like a bunch of set people died. There's like two main actors who died. The little and, girl like, died, and her people. sister definitely died. Like her sister was like murdered by some, stabbed by somebody. Yeah, it was a boyfriend, wasn't it? Like a jealous yeah. boyfriend or some uh, shit. When it, well, yeah. you, you know, the only other movie I can think of that's like that is like Rebel Without a Cause. Like the three leads in Rebel Without a Cause. I'm like, they have all died horrible deaths. Like all three of yeah. them die a completely different horrible death at a fairly young age i would say even natalie wood you know who was older when she passed but yeah the story around uh, uh poltergeist is nuts all of the movies i mean they, ha- they had real, good real skeletons because they were cheaper than fake skeletons <laughs> yeah they did corner cutters god the movie's good it's so good the remake was such shit like the poltergeist remake it's like I mean, you knew going into it it wasn't going to be that good, but, like, oh, man, there's no way you were going to recapture that movie. No way in hell. They didn't even try to do half the stuff in it, either. I'm like... I didn't even, I didn't even watch it. I wouldn't want to do the same movie over again. Well, then don't include, like, the clown, and don't include this, and don't include that. And... Like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, I haven't seen the remake, so I don't know how the clown's involved in it, but... I kind the of clowns on the fucking cover. It's nostalgia bait. Well, no, no, no. Like I don't in. understand in the story how he gets in. It gets involved in the story. Like when I'm watching the uh, the the '82 movie, I believe that a kid that has that toy for some reason. Like I, it's a creepy ass toy that I, don't, I mean, I wonder has a jester doll sitting in his room. Yeah, exactly. I don't think somebody like a kid these days has that, but uh, I did see. I think it's Halloween time and Spirit Halloween sells them. Uh, they sell like creepy baby dolls because I saw an, right. I saw a news thing, thing about again. some kid with like they're like it was on the news like she's got the scariest doll ever and me and Steph are like that is a creepy doll but then we were in Spirit Halloween and we're like there's the doll that's the exact same doll she just got right. it from Spirit Halloween. Well, my friend, my friend in Vegas, she's like talking to me about like the market on creepy dolls right now and she's like. I went to a horror con and she's like, I see the quality of the work that's coming out of it and how everybody's like making them. And then she's like, I could do this better because she's like, she's an artist. And so now she's like going around and buying up like all these dolls from like thrift stores. And she's like making her own creepy dolls because there's a whole market for creepy dolls right now. And I'm just like, kill it, girl. But like, you know, it's like, like you're saying, like, there's tons of these out here. So it's just like, you're just like saturating a market in these things essentially. Like, creepy dolls are and like people want more creepy like they don't want like just dolls that happen to look creepy like they want them like whatever so it's not really like, i mean the they're coming back anymore. we that's we got megan so the dolls are coming back megan, megan was so good i love that movie it's kind of hard to make a creepy doll movie without somebody being like chucky it's just chucky yeah. but like bitch it's megan <laughs> megan was megan was really good it, it Megan is basically that Chucky remake from a couple of years ago. It's like, what if AI was involved in, you know, <laughs> the doll coming back and killing people? Yeah, but like, you know, sexy. <laughs> sexy? It's like a child. I mean, the character's a doll, though. I mean, I know a child's playing it, but like, it's a doll. It's good. Sassy. It's hot. She's got the fashion from 1960s France. <laughs> It's good, man. Like it's everything about it's good. The way she mouths off and stuff, I'm like, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good character. It's excellent. My only other thoughts when I really, I was watching this too was I, there's a st- part where they're singing a song, and she says like Cleopatra coming at you, and I'm like, I had like this PTSD flashback of like, wasn't there a '90s hip hop song by some artist named Cleopatra, <laughs> and had an entire song that was just Cleopatra coming at you? Then was there? I think there was. I don't remember this. I'm going to find it and send it to you. I literally think it's just... No, I thought you would have remembered it. At least... I I have no... He's just, like, he's just assuming, like, 
I think it's like a one-hit wonder, like a hip-hop artist. You had a stroke when you were a child, and you're imagining things. <laughs> Probably. Here's the artist, Cleopatra. Of course, my phone is loading slow. It wouldn't happen if I wasn't recording the podcast. <laughs> what the hell? I guess Cleopatra's not coming at you. Oh, the whole album there's, is called yeah, Coming At Ya. I found that at the exact same time you did. Yeah, there's a British group called Cleopatra with that song. I remember I that. that in my life. I do remember that. It's from 98. I remember that. And I'm like, they stole it from this French film. You <laughs> know that they, they saw did. this French film. There's no way, they, no way that they figured out that Cleopatra rhymes with Coming At Ya on their own. It had to be from this movie. If that's one thing that the French do well, it's techno. French make the best techno. I'll send you the link later, Justin. I saw uh, a video of uh, the producer Bauer. He does like uh, he does like Twitch streams, and he'll he does he goes into like samples from songs and talks about like how they're interesting. And he found one from a Dua Lipa song that samples this other song from the '90s, and then he went back further. And it samples the song from like 1932 or something called like "Your Girl" or something, and it's it's just a, it, he's a he's a digger. Yeah, and he he found the thing, and it like pulls up a video from YouTube, and he's like listening to the sample, and he's like, "Why is this? Why has he got a picture of Darth Vader?" He's like, "I don't understand why somebody would put that picture." And then it's like, it, it, but if you sit there and listen to it for like two seconds, it's it's the Emperor's March, and it's like this song from the 1930s that. 100% I'm like John Williams had to have heard that somewhere and it got like stuck in his head and he turned it into the Emperor's March but it is just like a crazy weird like it, it's it's not exact but it's so close that you're like he had to have he had to have heard that somewhere that's why I hate reading any sort of reviews about a movie that we're going to talk about because I feel that I would just steal it not intentionally it just gets in your mind yeah just be like yeah i feel the same way and then i'd be bringing it up and you'd be, say hey justin i read the same article that's not your thought mm. and I'd be like oh i'm so sorry but yeah it would convince me and influence me so uh that's why i am more likely to look up stuff about a movie after we talk about it uh, yeah. though it is nice when you have some of the knowledge like chuck starting out some of the facts about what agnes was going through when she was making this movie that i wouldn't have known yeah. That's why I just got accredited. I can't, uh, I, I can't just come out and be like, well, <laughs> actually, Justin, you're apparently too stupid to realize that uh, this is what she was going for. But, you know, I make sure to let you know that th I didn't. this isn't information coming from my own brain. There's, like, a lot of themes in here. The superstitious theme, clearly. There's a feminine aspect to it. I wrote down some of the stuff where they were talking about men. <laughs> it was like how men only want to talk about themselves they don't care how women want or feel like how they feel uh the man can't sense cleo's cancer because he's not in tune to women like these are things that agnes varda stuck into this movie uh on top of the fact that like time is pretty prevalent to everything that's happening in this which i think seems like a common theme for any real-time movie yeah every real-time movie is there, there's some sort of tension what's going to happen when time runs out and the theme is always like we're running out of time like everything we're doing we're, we're running out of yeah. time the whole movie she's and, just waiting to get the bad news yeah it's like she's wasting her time she's she's kind of like ignoring it's like internally bothering her but she's going about her day as if you, yeah. you know she's trying to pretend like it's not not a problem but then she does bring it up every once in a while about how much of a problem it is with her at some point like she can't she can't go too long without every time she meets like her friend that uh her friend that's like the art model and everything starts out and then eventually gets a point that's like well I, I have to tell you i think i think i might be sick like it eventually has to come back to her worrying about that i i didn't write it down but they were talking about like death essentially like I don't have time for that. Like they would, they would bring up something. Uh, like one of them, the person does talk about astrology, and they bring up like uh, cancers coming in now. The long, about the guy that's talking about the longest day of the year, and he's like, "Cancer's oh, yeah. coming now." And she's like, "God damn it! Yeah, don't talk is, to me about, about cancer." cancer? 
Yeah, just, that kind of just reminds me of like that. Like I, I can get that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's really superstitious, but maybe you're more in, in tune to hearing the things that relate to you. Yeah, this movie made me think of uh, another movie we talked about before that I really like, which is uh, The Fire Within. Not really the same yeah. way, and that's not because that one's not truly a real time film, but it is one that takes place over like this guy's last 24 hours while he's the the entire movie is just him thinking about killing himself and going to talk to his friends and basically say goodbye before he does it. Uh, so I I got that feeling. That is just I don't know. I I think that is just one of those, and I feel like there is definitely a a place that some people I know don't like that type I enjoy it I sometimes it can't be done well uh, but there is kind of that French feel of just everyone's depressed I don't know I feel like that's what they get stereotyped as the French are all just depressed people walking around smoking cigarettes thinking about death yeah that's like I even recently watched Pulse because uh, we're going to cover another one of those directors movies and that entire movie was just that how depressed people are and depression was like the main theme of these ghosts coming back oh, and yeah. convincing people to kill kill themselves because <laughs> they're just like yeah i'm depressed what the hell do i got I forgot, going on I forgot, for me uh, it was like watch, the whole did you watch just the remake or the original the og uh because that the japanese one yeah next month we're going to be covering cure by the same director I can't remember his first name. Also a Kurosawa, yeah. but he's not a Kira Kurosawa. Is it Kurosawa? And I, I feel like it's a K, like he has two Ks or something like that. It is a K. Because the, yeah. the Japanese pulse is excellent. Like, mm. Was it Kiro or whatever? That's the one where I think like it's dated terribly, but the idea is yeah, not the yeah. worst. But I, I thought it was weird because I, you probably haven't watched it yet, but we're going to be talking about Cure, which he made in 1997. And it's it's more of like a de- kind of like a detective story, and it weirdly feels more mature and more well made than Pulse that he made a few years later. Uh, but those are the two movies that everyone ever talks about when it comes to that director. I said, I you gotta watch Home Sweet Home. Really that's a great one. That's also that's like him. His first movie. That's the one that I was telling you about. That's like the it was supposed to come out at the same time as uh, the first um, Resident, Home, Resident Evil game. Oh, it's like the okay. same thing. It takes place in a mansion. It's like it's very much like the prototype that it was supposed to be a tie-in. I was gonna say, I feel They're like suppo- I, I know yeah. this. So you're saying it's he supposed to be a tie-in. He gets worse as a filmmaker. Like his his <laughs> he peaked in the beginning and he just progressively no, gets movie, worse. This movie's so cheesy and goofy, but it's fun. Oh, it is it's, bad. Yeah, it's, it's like very much. He, I think he's he's talked about how he doesn't he doesn't particularly like it, but I think it was just like one of those early assignments that he got and it was yeah it was supposed to be a big tie-in with uh to go along with them coming out with the first the first game that was that i think at that point was still was still before they even were calling it biohazard i think they were going to call it home sweet home but then they they started changing the title and it they're not really connected at all but that's what it was supposed to originally be was a was a tie-in for for the original uh resident evil it's the same director i mean everything gets fucked anyways because the title Pulse was like, it it was it's not called it was like called like, Circuit or something in Japan, yeah. and P- Pulse was the shitty interpretation of it. But yeah, that is somebody else that we'll be getting into. But I also feel like when I watch movies like that revolve around you know, time, basically time's over, you're losing time. Like Akiru, that's one of my favorites. Akiru is the the guy that has cancer he doesn't it's tell anybody it's so when's our when's our cancer he, month cancer month we we should probably cover because there's probably a lot of good cancer movies um there's bad ones too i'm not you, a, you could also do aids month a, we got aids we, movies. there's plenty of aids movies too uh, so many aids movies i'm not a huge fan of uh bucket list i, I think that was literally one of the worst movies i ever watched and people are always like it, now it's in like pop culture like crazy like that's on my bucket list and I'm like oh my god do you mean the one with yeah. Morgan Freeman yes and Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson probably like the last like Jack Nicholson movie he was never in any <laughs> that movie's terrible it, it, it's like because they there's no structure to the concept it's just like we're just going through all these things as fast as we can but uh, I think it's interesting because cancer seems to usually have 
like the time's running out let's do all the things i've never done before but not in french cinema in french cinema they're like i'm gonna internalize this and i'm just gonna try to ignore it the best that i can right i'm also really surprised when we get to the end of the movie we have an answer as to like what her results are uh it kind of fakes you out for a second thinking that she's not going to get those answers because she ends up going to the hospital and the doctor's not there that would be, usually be the french thing the the very ambiguous you're not getting an answer as to whether she has it or doesn't have it we do get an answer which is kind of like an in-between like yeah you have cancer but it's treatable or or it's a very cocky doctor yeah so i don't <laughs> he is driving a nice car <laughs> I did enjoy revisiting this movie because I definitely have had this thing where I have more appreciation watching these movies when they're not assigned to me. Like when I was in school, the things that they would make people watch and all the, the most of the students would be like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch. Well, you know what? Like Pulp Fiction's the movie that got me interested in doing anything. Uh, like I need to open my eyes to other things too and see where other things have come from. And, um, it's like that one movie. Uh, it's got Robert De Niro. Casino. The, I can't, no, no, no. It's the one where he's the prostitute. It's got about the some taxi driver. Cowboy. That's not Robert De Niro. No, no. You're thinking of Midnight Cowboy with John Voight. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. But, well, he's in it, isn't he? He's the. He's not the main character, but he's in it as well, I isn't he? I don't think so. Isn't he? It's, it's John Voight. Dustin Hoffman are the two. It's not Dustin De Niro. Da Hoffman. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that movie. I like I, that name. Sounds cooler. The Hoffman. Right, but uh, I I had to watch that in film school, and I would have never watched that on my own. And the movie was excellent. It's like such a good movie. Highly recommend that one. Yeah, I just, I just remember people like specifically the one that sticks with me the most is everyone in the Under the Sun was bitching about the Tin Drum, and then Criterion had Tin Drum a couple years ago, and I bought it. Like, oh, is this going to be the worst movie ever? And I watched it. I'm like, that was a fucking awesome movie. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why everyone hated it. Probably because they went to go watch it, like, at 9 o'clock at night on a, you know, in the middle of the week when they were doing so many other things, social and school-related. Environment really does take a play. Like, it really affects how you perceive something. You could go see a good movie with, like, obnoxious people in the theater with you, and it'll kill the movie for you. That's a good theme. Movies they forced you to watch in film schools. Except what would Chuck pick? He'd have to pick something from like anything film related yeah, yeah. that he ever had in school. It doesn't it doesn't have to be from when we went to film school, but like the kind of films that they they people go, Oh, and they make you watch that in film school, like Citizen Keen and shit like that, you know? Yeah. I mean I think the thing that really blew my mind was when I start when we started watching like the foreign films all this shit that they get away with because the censorship wasn't as strong as it was for the foreign countries as it was for America. Lexi, you were into makeup effects and stuff. And yeah, there's like now you'll get a, like heavy realism with gore and how, you know, like people getting cut open and shit like that. But I've watched films where I'm like, that's, you know, from the fifties and it's pretty fucking graphic and, yeah. and, you know, like, we didn't have that at all during that time because, you know, they couldn't you couldn't even have a gangster movie that had the gangster winning at the Man, end of the movie. And you couldn't even show a toilet. Come on. <laughs> you, you couldn't have a... You couldn't have a married couple share a bed. Yeah, characters that shit. Yeah. That's insane. And now you have things like train spotting where you're like, we're just going to crawl into yeah, a toilet. Yeah, it's really, really taking it. Right. That's, that's that. what I would... That's... That's what I would that's show back in the 50s. I'd be like, here's a scene of a guy going that's into a toilet. If you, like, could, uh, if you could go back in time and show Hitchcock, I'd be <laughs> like, I think this will be your greatest, uh, the greatest thing you'll have influenced. <laughs> Not only are we it showing is. them, but we're going into them. <laughs> yeah, I would love to show them that where it's like specifically Hitchcock that you brought him up in this scenario. Show him that scene from Train Spotting. Because he'd be like, "Fuck, I couldn't even pull off yeah. rope," and, <laughs> and you got this actor. Into he wouldn't toilet, know you and McGregor yeah. sliding into the toilet. Yeah. Or, or how about showing the scene from um, *Requiem for a Dream*? Ass to ass. Oh, well, we don't want to give him a heart attack. Like, 
<laughs> I think you'd give him a heart attack almost with anything, like showing him, show him like Birdman, and be like, I mean, "Look at this." Give him a heart attack. Just <laughs> He'd be like, "How?" Being <laughs> like, I'm from the future. You wouldn't even get to show it to him. <laughs> he he didn't seem like the most healthy person. Yeah. I you probably would give him a heart attack just coming from. The How'd future. that plan go? Right. You go back in time and show show Hitchcock that thing. Ah, uh, as soon as I said I was a time traveler from the future, he keeled over dead. I didn't even get to show him. Or, like, if you ever taken Shakespeare, they're like, what, could you imagine what Shakespeare would think if he saw movies? Because that's, like, that would be his dream, essentially, seeing a movie. It's like, I tried showing him, and then he killed him for dead. <laughs> so then I went back three days before I killed him, and then I killed him three days before then. So I just stopped trying. <laughs> he's, he's, he's watching, like, uh, Kenneth Branagh's uh, Hamlet, and he's like, what is this pretentious shit? <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, uh, I stole all my shit in anyways. I never wrote any of that. He's like, this is supposed to be a comedy. Why are you guys presenting it as a drama? Or this was supposed to be a drama. It's not fun. Why'd you make it funny? Why'd you leave out the part where he fucks his little girl? Yeah, you gotta I don't show believe Romeo why you cut that out. I don't understand. Baz Luhrmann's version. <laughs> These are supposed... <laughs> what? I need to watch that. I haven't watched that in a while. Have guns. What is happening? Baz yeah, the hip-hop kind Baz of Lerman's like version. vibe. Yeah. The only version of Romeo and Juliet I'll approve of. It is a great version. Even though I hate Baz Luhrmann, it's the only thing mm -hmm. he's made I like. I thought that his Elvis was pretty good. Uh, Gatsby didn't bother me that much. Besides everything looking really like flat and fake most of the time. But Elvis didn't have that feel. Elvis felt like he was where he was supposed to be. <laughs> How do you make me like a director who I absolutely can't stand? You give him one of the most hated pieces of material that I can't stand, and then have him direct it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is really good. I have to rewatch it. I did get the one from the Criterion that I watched, like, scenes Dude, I love from. that version of Romeo and Juliet. It's so good. Like, when he's like, draw your rapier, and they pull the, the gun out, and it says, like, rapier hand-carved into it, and I'm just like, oh, man, this shit's so fucking good. And they got the fucking, they have that fight in the gas station, and there's fucking lowriders, like, bouncing up and down. I'm like, the use of color in that movie is so good. It's so bright. I'm just like, this movie It's is been insane. such a long time, but I feel like that's how you should adapt Shakespeare. Like, right. it should just literally be, like, The Lion King. Like, if you're just gonna do the stories, just remix it's it. It's like the bet the best Marcuccio ever, like the, the fucking black dude and like the pan woman's panties and like heels that's got like what is it, like a half piece of armor on that just like won't stop running its mouth like constantly. It's like best Mercutio. And they keep making his stuff like I I loved the Joel Cohen's tragedy of yeah. Macbeth. It was fucking fantastic. Uh I didn't care for the one with Michael Fassbender too much, the one before that. Did you see that version of Hamlet they did? I think it was in the 2000s where they set it, like, in the 2000s. They made it, like, super, super modern. No, but I do I remember Hamlet 2, <laughs> which was a guy that wrote... I, th I, I feel like I'm making the premise up. He either wrote it or he's pretending that it's a Shakespeare thing, but he's adapting a play for the sequel to Hamlet. It was a comedy, but it wasn't that, that funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm thinking of, like... 10 things I hate about you or something. I, I don't know. That's the taming of the show. I know, but everything's a Shakespeare. Like, everything is Shakespeare. Yeah. We'll have to do a Shakespeare month. Did we do one already? Yeah. I don't think. No. Please. No, we're doing no. it now. Oh, God. Uh, we're Baz we, Here we, we do, come. Can we do Scream instead? We're going to do that, too. <laughs> yeah, back to back. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. This was terrible. 2024. Everything that uh, Lexi brought up Lexi during is. the Clio from 5 to 7 is yeah. what we're doing. Let's just start bringing up things I like. Bo body horror. <laughs> I would do body horror in a second. I love body horror. That's my favorite. Well, there you go. Pick that. We could do Fantastic Four from 2015. Oh, my God. That's fantastic for more Dead Ringers if we can. I'd be like, we're not going to watch the whole movie. We're just going to watch that one, see that like 10 minute scene from when they come back from space, inter that interdimension. I don't know where the fuck they are. 
thank you everybody for listening we'll be back next week with time code that's lexi's pick yes my pick is time code it is a movie where they split the screen into four segments and they filmed everything going on at the exact same time so there's four things going on in real time at the same time that you can watch all (laughs) in real time at at the the same same time at the same time yeah same bat time same bat place if if anything my movie is the most real time of all the real time movies (laughs) probably oh my god could you imagine that shoot it either would have been like one of the easiest fucking shoots ever or like a total pain in the ass like there's no middle ground bye everybody bye Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.